point eight to ten p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songe Zomabete on SAFM. Each year, we commemorate World Tuberculosis Day on the 24th of March to raise public awareness about the devastating health, social, and economic consequences of TB and to step up efforts to end the global TB epidemic. TB remains one of the world's deadliest infectious killers, but global efforts to combat TB have saved an estimated 63 million lives since the year 2000. Under the theme, the clock is ticking, this year's commemoration conveys the sense that the world is running out of time to act on the commitments to end TB, and this is especially critical in the context of COVID-19 pandemic. With tomorrow being International Tuberculosis Day, on today's hashtag African Narrative, the focus is on Southern Africa's response to TB and mitigating the complications caused by chronic illnesses and COVID-19 especially. Now, we're in conversation with the Executive Manager of the South African National AIDS Council. Mama, thank you so much for your time. Executive Manager at South African National AIDS Council. Good evening and welcome to The Viewpoint. Good evening, Sangezo, and good evening to your listeners at home. You are not a stranger to this platform because you were once <laughs> interviewed by the ambassador of the United States to this country, Ms. Lana Marks. So yes. in many respects, we are carrying on from where we had left off because even that conversation had a strong slant towards health. And perhaps just to tie it to the ambassador's work in the country, how much support is the U.S. Embassy lending to the work that you do as the South African National AIDS Council, especially dating back from the early days to where the country is? Um, you know, Songezo, the U.S. government has been a great supporter, in the, both technically and financially, uh, to the South African HIV and TB response through the PEPFA program. So we're working with both um, agencies, the Center for Disease Control and, and the USAID. Uh, you are aware that TB is, is, is affecting communities um, that uh, need support. So we've been working with the U.S. government to make sure that at community level, where we need to be responding um, in line with the South African government uh, motto of taking services to the people. So the, South, uh, the U.S. government has been supporting us, mm-hmm. making sure that there are community-based interventions, there are community-based programs, making sure that the prevention of TB as well as HIV in South Africa is supported. So yes, we've enjoyed um, quite a lot of PEPFA support uh, within our HIV, TB and STI response in the country. And with all the support that the country has received from its many global partners and alliances to which it belongs, South Africa's numbers certainly are pointing in a far better and more correct direction, if one can speak of it in such terms. More especially the rollout of um, antiretrovirals, those persons who are on treatment, and how the disease itself is being managed by South Africans. It certainly is a much better story than, say, this time, 20 years ago when the administration of the time was very much at odds with healthcare professionals. People were dying. ARVs were not readily available. In fact, it took the intervention of the court to get the government to respond differently. Yes, Songezo. Uh, you know, in South Africa, in terms of responding to, to HIV, especially from the treatment perspective, we took longer. Uh, and that has derailed our response in the country. But over the years, we've made strides, as you've indicated. 
Uh, currently, we are the biggest uh, treatment program globally. Uh, it, it's not something to be proud of, Songhezo, because our mm, numbers are mm, quite big. Mm. Uh, we've got more than 5 million people currently on treatment in the country. And if we are looking at data, we've got about 7 million people living with HIV in South Africa. So we still have a treatment gap of 2 million people. The biggest challenge, Songhezo, that we have, we add about 220,000 new infections annually. Uh, to our pool of people living with HIV. So from the prevention front, we are not doing great. We have missed our target of reducing that 222,000 to 88,000 new infections per annum as as we had pledged uh, to UNAIDS, taking into consideration that South Africa contributes and gives a bigger contribution to, to HIV new infections. So the globe is looking at us as a country to make sure that we reduce our new infections so that we can see the progress of our global commitments by 2030. So, and we've seen a reduction uh, in new infections uh, with the contribution of treatment as well, because remember, we're also using treatment as prevention, where we are saying when you are on treatment, uh, your viral load becomes undetectable. And when your viral load is undetectable, it means you cannot transmit your HIV to the next person. So that is one of the benefits of the treatment program we've seen in the country. The challenge we are faced with, our new infections are not decreasing at a fast enough pace Mm. that would want them to decrease. So that's the challenge we are sitting with. Uh, We need to come up with interventions that are tailored and more specific because we've seen the new infections are very high in our adolescent girls and young women ages 15 to 24. Therefore, that is the future of the economy of this country. Mm. We have to do something drastic um, to reduce Why, why, Why do we have this trajectory that is not the kind that we should? I mean, we, we have the intelligence now that we, for instance, the intelligence that we have now of and about HIV and AIDS is greater than it has ever been in the history of this country. One, two, we have resources that are available now that were not available even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, certainly not 20 years ago. The uptake of social media and the ability for information to spread, there are facilities including apps. I mean, there's a COVID app. Do you not feel part of the numbers that are are because from an advocacy perspective and information sharing, trying to always bridge that information asymmetry between the public and the institutions, for instance, Department of Health and anybody and everybody who deals in infectious diseases and specifically the work of Senec, that information is not filtering through to the people, whereas it really should now, more and better than in times past, given all of the technological spaces and advances and the spread of information and just generally the intelligence of a society to be able to process information better and quicker than, say, some 20 years ago? Is that not a serious challenge? It is, Songhez. We, we, we've realized um, as, as, as the country response that you remember, uh, as you've indicated, when we reinvigorated our response to HIV and TB, we had great communication campaigns and, and behavior change campaigns. 
And I think we dropped the ball at some stage. We focused more on treatment and making sure that those that require treatment mm. are put on treatment. And in that space, we've, 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 we've left out prevention and especially the advocacy and social mobilization element. Remember, the, for, for the, especially for HIV, because with COVID and TB, it's a it's, it's totally different story. But with HIV, it's a function of a behavior change, of an individual behavior for you to prevent yourself from contracting HIV. So I'm agreeing with you, Songezo. Uh, there's quite a bit of change that has happened, even how you, you, you give the messages. Uh, you need to take into cognizance where we are as a world in terms of the development of the technology and the intelligence of, of your community. Therefore, mm. you circulating pamphlets is no longer a, a method for communication. Sure. So as the South African National AIDS Council, we are working um, with um, some of the partners, the communication partners. We're working with the government uh, communications information systems, the GCIS. We're coming together and looking at how can we better uh, communicate. One of the key challenges that we have is resources. We might think we've got enough resources, but think about it. If we continue to put so many people on treatment, uh, if one individual started on treatment today, it means for the next 20 years, government have to make sure that they maintain that individual on treatment. So with the competing priorities uh, that we have as a country, other diseases that are coming up that we need to invest on, other social and infrastructural uh, 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 activities that we need to be investing on as a country, and looking at the resources that the state has, some of the key interventions that we need to be doing, we, we tend to be backtracking and we tend to drop the ball. So I think Who's at some ball? stage as a country, we need to go back to the drawing board and realign the resources that we have and see how best we can use these resources. Because our bill for putting people on treatment is increasing. And while we pump in money on the treatment, we're neglecting prevention. And when we neglect prevention, we keep on adding more people that are, are going to require treatment. So we are sort of caught in a vicious cycle. And um, probably we need to go back uh, and remove ourselves from the equation and rethink what is this national response supposed to look like? What then becomes the role of communities and the role of individuals in making sure that we are able to eradicate all of these epidemics that are confronting us um, during this uh, century? And of course now the challenge with all of this is the more we don't, for the most part, if not for all part, get these numbers down to the extent that the numbers need to drop and numbers up to the extent that numbers need to go up. TB being an opportunistic infection because it comes in when HIV has weakened one's immune system and, of course, increasing the risk of such opportunistic diseases. There certainly is a relationship, therefore, between HIV and AIDS and TB. Establish, please, for us then that link that we ought to always bear in mind and why, for instance, we would be having this interrelated discussion of HIV and AIDS in the context of World TB Day tomorrow. Sonia, though, you've nailed it right on, you've hit it right on the nail. When your immune system is compromised, uh, that is now when you're having your HIV and you're not taking care of yourself by ensuring that you eat healthy, you exercise, and you are on treatment, then your body is prone 
to, to, to be infected with all other opportunistic infections. TB is a bacteria that is floating in the air. Your immune system is low. It's easy for you to contract TB, especially in a country like South Africa where we've got so much high TB new infection. So our rates of new infection are very high. So every other fit person in, 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 in the population is infected with TB. And you'll find that if you track statistics of TB, you'll find that TB is very high in metros where there is congregation of people living conditions are affect, are, 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 are perpetuating the spread of TB. Our public transport, uh, your taxes, your trains, we don't do ventilation. We then uh, perpetuate um, uh, the, the, the infection. So if your immune system, then you are prone to, 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 to get TB. Just to look at the numbers, in, in 2019, 360,000 South Africans contracted TB. Out of that 360,000, uh, 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 209,000 were people that were living with HIV. So you can see the proportion that having a high HIV prevalence as a country contributes us to have high numbers of TB. And if we don't uh, deal with these diseases as, as TB, a core infection of HIV, then we are not going to be able to eradicate TB. And the sad part is that TB is a very old disease. Uh, when we look at how we had gathered globally uh, all the resources that we had and responded to COVID, we just need to do that for TB. Look at developing mm. new interventions, new medication. For you to be treated on TB, TB is treatable, but you have to be on treatment for full six months, which is a different story with COVID. COVID came new development, new drugs, new vaccines, everybody was putting all the resources at it. And we also focused on the prevention. We we're not only talking treatment. Our non-pharmaceutical uh, prevention interventions that we had put place, and everybody was singing from the same hymn book. You saw globally how we've managed to control COVID. We need that for TB. TB is more than 100 years old for us today to be still battling with TB as bad as we are. And it, it, it targets also certain uh, populations within our population. Men are much more affected with TB, looking at the, how men work in the mines, uh, in, 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 in infrastructure and building sectors. TB has now infiltrated um, adolescents, and that is a function of the infrastructure of the schools. Um, that the children are in. So we need to broaden our mind when we respond to TB. Look at the core infection with HIV, but also people that are HIV negative are, are getting infected with TB. We also need, um, Songezo, to look at our vaccine that we have, BCG, that is more than 102 years old, that we've been using. If we are having so many new infections of TB, do we need to question the effectiveness of this vaccine that we give to our newborns? So those are the conversations that globally we need to engage with. Unfortunately, TB is affecting the low-income and poor countries. Therefore, it's not very high up in the agenda. Hence, it is critical for us to work with our politicians, with our leaders, to make sure that the countries that are highly impacted by TB bring their resources together and focus, and we are not um, waiting uh, for the West to come and rescue us on this one. We are on our own. Therefore, it's the disease of the poor. It has stigma. It has discrimination. 
we really have to get our act together as a country and other countries that are affected. Your countries like India are countries that have many people and are affected by TB. So there's On a lot the, of... Let me interrupt a moment because we are running out of time. But I mean, surely... The there are certain things that cannot and shouldn't change in the prevention to the extent possible of TB. For instance, there were massive campaigns, public campaigns, certainly when I was a little boy, of even having healthcare practitioners themselves suspending a bit of education or stroke teacher-pupil contact time replaced with some of the advocacy work that would be done. If not for TB then, then it was HIV and AIDS across the board, all education institutions were to that extent subjected to something like this. I'm not so sure that happens as readily now as it would have back then. We also lamented the fact that the advocacy hasn't really evolved to keep abreast with the times. Isn't that part of what COVID has successfully done? Yes, I accept fully that the resources in this country have very much been skewed towards COVID. But even just from getting people to wear masks, wash their hands, and to keep the immune systems as strong as possible. That is the sort of information that would do well in combating the effects of TB. Why as much as, or as little as that perhaps, is not coming through as strongly as it might have in times before? That's what I was talking about, Songezo, that we need our leaders uh, to be re-energized, reinvigorated, to focus on the messaging. We are looking at um, looking at the data to see how much of the impact of the COVID prevention has contributed uh, to the spread of TB. Because you need exactly the same uh, prevention methods because TB is also spread through droplets, through air. So the use of masks should have prevented some of the new TB infections. So we are hoping that we will benefit uh, on the work that has been done with COVID. But there's a lot of work that we need to done to be done for, for TB. And as you've indicated, the all sectors, it's a multi-sectoral response. We cannot be looking from the Department of Health to drive this messaging. The Department of Transport has an, a, a role to play with infection control in public transport. The Department of Housing has a role to play the types of houses they are building and the ventilation that is in the houses. So everybody has a role to play in combating TB. We also have to change the perceptions of communities around the stigma around the TB because as we were growing up, TB was a disease of the poor. So how do we change that perception so that you don't feel ashamed if you are diagnosed with TB? Because the more you're feeling ashamed and you are not coming forth to seek treatment, you are then infecting more people where you are staying and where you are living. And Sangeza, you're right. We need to go back to the basics. An active TB case finding, where we're going on door-to-door with advocacy messages, uh, uh, screening and making sure that those need treatment have access to treatment. We used to do contact tracing. People that, if you are infected, then people that you work with, people that you're staying with, will also be screened for TB. So we need to go back to the basics. We need to realign our thinking of how we respond as a nation to TB, and we need to realign our resources and take lessons learned from COVID response. Well, now, tomorrow being World Tuberculosis Day, under the theme, the clock is ticking, what are you hoping the Deputy President, who will be leading the official commemoration 
at Entlanzeni Disaster Management Center in Bombela, Bumalanga province. What are you hoping, because you talked about our leaders needing to do X, Y, and Z, what would you wish for the president, or deputy president anyway, to say? Probably presidential aspirant. Yes. Um, the, the theme that is the talk is the clock is ticking, it's time to end TB. It's, it's, it's kind of a message that sort of re-energizes the response around TB, taking into consideration that we had focused on COVID and left TB uh, and without being focused too, so we've got a gap uh, to close. We don't want to lose the gains um, that that we've made around TB. We are hoping tomorrow that the the deputy president is going to recommit uh, the country uh, leadership and government into fighting TB. We are going. We are looking at the deputy president tomorrow, uh, recommitting us to make sure that we are able to meet our 2030 goals as the country for our national development plan, but also on the on the stock TB partnership globally uh, in our terms of the contribution that we need to make. How are we going to do this, Sonia? It's time for us to speak up about TB so that we fight stigma and discrimination. It's time for us to go back to the basic, do active case finding, do contact tracing. It's time for us to strengthen our TB education and awareness uh, among uh, communities, but also among our healthcare workers. So the message from the DP tomorrow that we are hoping to to, to listen to is the DP recommitting uh, the country for TB response in terms of ensuring that there are resources that are allocated for TB. For for that matter, we are hoping, I'm not sure if the DP is going to get to that, to actually declare TB as a crisis in the country. And we need to be responding to TB in that way. So we'll hear what the DP is going to say to us. But we are we, we know for sure that the DP is there to recommit the, the country's response and making sure time Fantastic. and making sure that we make, make time for 2030 to meet the targets for ending TB, but ensure that our people um, don't perish uh, because of TB. Ms. Odrega Nogoduga, Executive Manager of the South African National AIDS Council. Ma'am, thank you so much for your time, and please keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Sangeza. World TB Day tomorrow. The clock is ticking. Listen out for the Deputy President and his message. Thank you so much, everybody. Of course, we didn't have the book reading today. Things are going to return to normal soon enough, but you will not find me complaining. I love engaging in voices, and to the extent that we can, educating and advocating for and about matters to do with social justice. Phineas Kanyalesejo and Songezo, to you all at home, say good night.